Hello and welcome to another episode of the Investors Chronicle Extraction podcast in which we speak to executives of London's natural resources companies. I'm Alex Newman, a writer at the Investors Chronicle and today I'm joined by Steve Curtis, Chief Executive of Caledonia Mining, operator of the Blanket Gold Mine in Zimbabwe. So Steve, could you please start by giving listeners a quick overview of the Blanket Mine, its economics and your slightly complicated ownership structure? Yes, certainly, Alex. Caledonia bought uh, the blanket mine from Kinross in 2006. Prior to that, Caledonia was an exploration and development company. We acquired the blanket mine uh, for the reason that it had a very good pedigree and it had been in operation for about 100 years when when we bought it. Zimbabwe has been undercapitalized for a long, long time, 20, 30 years. The Blanket Mine, because of the quality of the resource base, has managed to survive through very, very difficult times. Its major strength is the fact that it produces positive cash flows and has done for many, many years. 2009 onwards, we were in a dollarized economy and uh, Blanket continued to produce positive cash flows and production was between 20 and 30,000 ounces per annum. Like any mine, it needed to invest, and it was we were in the process of finishing a shaft. We finished uh, that shaft in about uh, 2010, 2011, and uh, that was really just equipping, and uh, then production was ramped up. We operated an underground mine down to about 750 meters. Development was very necessary, and uh, we needed to, to go deeper. So in 2014, our COO put together a development and investment plan, which took us into the next phase of Blanket Mine. By then, you know, it was a nearly a 110-year-old operation. And the proposal was to sink a new shaft down to 1,050 meters, 1,080 meters, sorry, and uh, develop two new operating levels um, below the 750-meter level, effectively building a new mine underneath the operating mine. Blanket, because of the nature of the operation, could fund this expansion out of its own cash flows. Now, the motivation and the ability to do the 2014 investment plan, and we'll talk about that a bit later, I'm sure, was was only possible because uh, in 2012, uh, Caledonia embarked on uh, a full indigenization uh, process at the Blanket Mine, whereby we took on four new uh, local partners uh, who were allowed to subscribe for shares in Blanket, whereby the four of them acquired 51% of the Blanket Mine. Caledonia retained its 49%, and that enabled us to motivate further investment now that we had dealt with the the aspect of of ownership from a national perspective. Having dealt with indigenization and we got full support from our local partners, Blanket was mandated to invest uh, free cash flows into the Blanket mine whereby we could uh, develop the mine for for the, the future good of all shareholders. The partners did not have the funds to effectively pay for their share subscriptions in 2012. So Caledonia extended uh, loans to the the partners, and uh, uh, the agreement was uh, 80% of the attributable dividends payable to, to our local partners would be retained by Blanket um, and then paid to Caledonia 
to repay the facilitation loans that had been provided. So the the disposition of ownership was dealt with in the fact that we had done it for value. We were going to be repaid because Blanket was cash generative and it was declaring dividends, and we could deal with the future by being able to invest. So, and just to bring that up to up to speed, I mean, you, you said in your recent results that you may increase your stake in Blanket above 50% following changes to the laws which uh, you, you previously cited. So how might you go about doing this and, and how quickly can you do it and what have you got any idea of the, the limits of the potential stake increase? I think what's important, although the law, the law now stipulates that gold miners do not require local partners at all, so we as Caledonia could own 100% of Blanket. That is in terms of the current legislation. We, though, feel it is very important that uh, in, in the, 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 the industry that we're in and the fact that you're, a, a rural, you're operating in a rural community, it's very important to have uh, local ownership. So our intention ultimately would be to retain the 10% shareholder who is uh, our staff trust and the 10% shareholder that is a community trust. We would certainly like to retain local ownership to the extent of, of about 20% held by those two parties. And the other 31% that is owned by two other groups, we have engaged in, in discussions with them to negotiate that we could restructure the ownership of Blanket. And at the moment, 16% is owned by the Zimbabwe government through a, a indigenization fund that was established. And they have taken the uh, decision in principle that they are prepared to sell their 16% shareholding to Caledonia. And, and that would immediately flip us from the 49% to 65%. And then the other 15%, which is owned by a consortium of Zimbabwean businessmen, we will engage in discussions with them as well to try and restructure whereby we could acquire their blanket ownership but in settlement, we would uh, offer Caledonia shares. I mean, there's lots of things to pick up on there. One one inference from the idea that some of the businessmen you talked about who are existing shareholders in Blanket would potentially become uh, shareholders in Caledonia, surely that would necessitate some sort of equity placing, would it not? If they, if you're going to need to create space on the shareholder register for what is quite a quite a sizable interest. Uh, yes, there would be there would be an equity placement to to that party, the, that that consortium. But uh, remember that there there would be a gross economic value of their fifteen percent in blanket, and then there is a facilitation loan right. that they still owe for the initial subscription. So the the placement up at the Caledonia level would be the net of those two. And um, so it, 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 is, it is still money, but um, it, is, it is not the equivalent of 15% of, uh, of blanket mine. Mm, got you. Okay. Recently, WH Island said that, that you were the premier Zimbabwe recovery story in London. I mean, I, regardless of whether there's much competition there, I can see there are a lot of attributes to the company which should enable them to make that assessment. One, you're planning to grow your production by about 43% to by 2021 you pay a dividend you've got very low um, operating costs um, but talking about the Zimbabwe recovery story I mean is, isn't this all a bit premature an assessment to make I mean we've we've only had 
let's not forget a coup in November. The laws are changing quite rapidly. State is selling assets. There's a lot is in flux. I mean, there's, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is a recovery, does it not? Well, I think um, you need to look at uh, the two aspects, Caledonia and Blanket on its own merits, and then the environment in which we operate on its merits. Now, uh, Blanket, I think, has demonstrated over the, over the period uh, that we've had ownership and control that it is, it is a very good asset. And the ability to uh, conduct business in Zimbabwe has, has been possible for us, and it's because sure. we generated sufficient cash flows of our own. So as a, a, a project, I think that demonstrates that the blanket mine under the management of Caledonia is a, is a very good asset. Then if you get to the, to the rating that uh, we attract, uh, because we are in Zimbabwe, yes, uh, Zimbabwe has had some, some very, very tough times and has not been uh, the investment destination of choice. The, the change in the president last year took place inside of the ZANU-PF party, and there have been some very bold moves made by, by the new president and the party to say we recognize that this, uh, the country is in, a, in a, a state of decay and some radical changes need to take place. Zimbabwe has, although it's been isolated, has not operated in a vacuum. They have, they have had uh, interaction and discussions with, uh, with the international community and certainly with their, their financiers because they owe the world a lot of money. So they would have understood what are the impediments and some of the uh, issues that they had on their their, their policies yeah. that were unacceptable and indigenization was certainly one of those and you can see that the president moved very very quickly and he said we are open for business we want to be attractive to investors and we hear that you say a 5149 legislated ownership of everything is not acceptable. And he changed that. So yes, it, we're in very early days. Currency is still a major issue. So, you know, the world hasn't flocked in and said, Zimbabwe, you're off the hook. Here's some money. Everybody is waiting to see how the elections uh, take place. And again, the president has uh, openly said that he welcomes international monitors and that they will conduct free and fair elections. The, the world is waiting to see that happen. Yeah. And uh, that will be a significant step. Uh, I, I want to get a sense from you, Steve, how since November and since, for example, the uh, the changes in the export credit incentive that were uh, recently announced in your favour, how investors' sentiment appears to be changing in your in your conversations with either existing or or, or prospective um, uh, investors, given that you are listed also on on three exchanges. Uh, the the amount of interest in in Zimbabwe is is enormous. Um, I think what people understand is that the cost of entry into the Zimbabwe environment is not enormous, mm. um, and the and the uh, the ability to springboard from a low base um, is is really possible. What is different about Zimbabwe, though, is there may not be the projects of the scale that uh, uh, some investors would be looking for. Um, but when we have evaluated opportunities, we have found that the returns that you can get on a Zimbabwe investment are very, very attractive. 
And even when you weigh in the economic and the country risk, you can you can get a very acceptable return on an investment because number one, your your cost of entry is relatively low, and your ability to leverage off a very educated labour force uh, enables you to bring projects to fruition quite quickly. So uh, I think investors are excited. Um, I can certainly tell you from the amount of time I spend in the country, the faces you see, the hotels are full, uh, and it's not just mining. So people are looking, people are, are, are interested, but uh, the truth of the matter is uh, a dollar investing doesn't, doesn't have a conscience. You know, it can as easily look at Zimbabwe as it can look at Botswana or Zambia or Mali or uh, Ghana. And it'll come down to the, to the mul- multiplicity of factors that are taken into account. There are people who are, who are investing and they want to be first to the party. Sure. And, um, you know, that is, uh, that is what Caledonia is wanting to do. Uh, and the first step of, of that for us is to get majority ownership of the blanket mine to demonstrate that uh, the, the, the country and the government is very serious about investor ownership and security of ownership. Sure. You mentioned that you know a dollar doesn't have a conscience. I mean, if I was if I was considering an investment in in Caledonia, one thing I would certainly look at is uh, the safety track record. I mean, you're not an enormous, well, blanket is not an enormous mine. You had two fatalities last year, another one in February. How can you assure investors that in getting to eighty percent ownership, that's going to improve? Well, you're absolutely right. Uh, we are devastated by the three fatalities that we've had in the last 12 months. Um, two of them we consider non-mining related, um, and uh, uh, the, the authorities who investigated alongside of us are as baffled as we are about those, uh, those deaths, but they are still deaths that took place underground. The third one was a mining-related uh, issue where, unfortunately, some practices were, were not adhered to and uh, the, the, the deceased uh, was, was subject to a, to a rockfall. We have had safety procedures at Blanket uh, f- front of mind mm. for all the time that we've owned it. And if, because it was owned by, by Kinross, those disciplines have been established for a long, long time. We have, we have reinforced the factors and the training around uh, safety uh, very aggressively since the first fatality took place. We took a different approach in, in, in addressing uh, the issues as to how could this have taken place. And we've stepped that up another level uh, since the third fatality. And this is not crisis management. Uh, safety is is really a journey. Uh, we need we need some uh, change of behaviour. Uh, when we went back into production in 2009, uh, when dollarisation came in, we had 550 people on the mine. We now have 1,400 people on the mine. So we the the demographics of the labour force has changed. Mm. We have we've increased the the number of uh, safety training officers. We have we have got a different profile in the length of service and the age of uh, of our of our miners. We recognise that, and we we are addressing 
through training and the best practices that have been used in in uh, mining communities, especially the South African mining community, uh, to to address safety. We can never guarantee our investors and our shareholders that um, that uh, Blanket is going to be a perfectly safe place uh, forever. But uh, I can assure you we take safety very seriously. The Blanket Board does and the Caledonia Board does. Uh, all the aspects from near misses to, to uh, fatalities to uh, medical cases, all of those are looked at on a weekly basis. Uh, and we we have to try and understand what is happening inside of the the minds and the and the uh, behavior patterns of of teams and groups and individuals because mining is a dangerous business yeah. and we spend and are spending more money to ensure that we equip our our people as best as possible to understand their responsibilities towards themselves and to their colleagues in, in terms of uh, safe mining practices. Well, Steve, I really appreciate you um, taking the time to, to walk us through the Caledonia story uh, today and, uh, and for your time. To listen to more audio from the IC, go to our website or search for us on Acast iTunes or wherever you normally get your podcasts.